The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. Hello, guys. Welcome to another show. Nick, why are you smirking? (laughs) (laughs) That's rare to see. Keep going. (laughs) Okay, welcome back to the show. We have a short, short. Yeah, yeah. Short, short. Short, short. (laughs) Short show. Um, Real quick, yesterday we spent the whole time uh, pretty much talking about Amari Cooper, and I wanted to really throw it quickly to you. You got a chance to get first dip on him yesterday and talk to (laughs) him. Talked to him yesterday. I wanted to um, hear what were some of the things that he said. How? The, what were your first impressions? <laughs> well, this, well, this will be short. Um, he walked right in, walked by the weight room, locker room, went sat down. He didn't talk to anybody else other than than our set, and, and I got to talk to him before Jason Garrett, which was which was good. Uh, I was told he doesn't do a lot of interviews, doesn't talk a lot, and I was like, okay, well, we'll all right, it'll be fine, it'll be fine. And it was one of the toughest interviews I've ever done, as you can see on the website. He he's a nice guy. He reminds me of talking to like a ten year old, eleven year old, a shy kid. If you leave them an out, they'll take it. They're not just going to open up. So I I didn't ask the best questions in the world because he was kind of like, yep, yeah. you know. I was like, how does that sound, Dallas Cowboy? You know, I'm Mark Cooper, North Dallas Cowboy, and he was like, sounds good. And I knew right then that it was going to be on, um, and it was tough. But I, you know, he talked about working hard. He talked about wanting to win games. Like that's his focus is to win games. And as I've said several times on Twitter, there's a lot of wide receivers around this team in the last few years that do a lot of talking. So if he's not one that does a lot of talking, that's maybe a good thing. Well, at the end of the day, can he play? That'll be the most important. That's all anyone cares about. Truth. We'll see. Now, moving on from that, um, since we spent a lot of time on him yesterday, I wanted to touch on... Real quick, he's here. We, he practiced. We were yeah. out there at practice. Is that what you were touching on? Big old... Sorry, sorry. Big, just, big looking dude. Fills out big. that uniform. Nice. Yeah. It's a weird That's thing. always good. Football's weird that's like always that. good. Football's <laughs> weird like that. You're like, you know... You're like, he's a stud. I like, that's in- a good thing to say about a guy, but it sounds weird. I get uncomfortable every year during draft season when people start talking about the thickness of the thighs and all that. I'm just like, that's a little much, man. He's got it's a little stuff. much for me. He's good got stuff. some meat on him. Jerry Jones is like famous quote when he was like, Troy Aitman looks good getting out of the shower. Yeah. And just like, okay. A little too much for me. <laughs> there's a strange dichotomy there. We don't have to get into it on this show. No but doubt. There's a strange dichotomy in football. With no that. doubt. Anyway. Well, today the plan is to talk about the game since we haven't had a chance to do so, even though it's Wednesday already. But there are still things to discuss. And I know you two have a a little debate going on. But before we get into it, I wanted to go over the injuries that have happened since then. Randy Gregory, he had a minor knee scope and Mm -hmm. he's supposed to be back by the time we get into the I know exactly what you're about to say before you say it. Go ahead. What is he going to say? There's nothing minor about a surgery. <laughs> yes, well, I mean, something like that, but football, football and football players are insane. Like, that's, I mean, yeah, he had this minor thing where we went into his knee and dug, <laughs> dug loose cartilage out of it and just, you know, we, we cut him open, but he's, he'll be ready. They, they don't be cut ready. you open for a scope, though, do they? It's, yeah. I mean, surgery. It, well, yeah, you have to go. They open the skin. your body. I thought it was just like a little, like they just stick. A, it's like almost like a 
More like a, a an injection. You're going in. It is. You, it's surgery. There's blood you're right. Now you're going. You're, you're right. I mean, it's not like they <laughs> cut them. Yeah, it's not the like they it's cut them open like, with a scalpel. Well, they're not yeah, going to put then, it on PBS, but I mean, to watch. But it's, yeah. it's they invaded his body with a foreign object and dug you stuff. Do that out every of time it. you get a okay. Don't, don't downplay this. He got a knee scope, and they expect okay. him to be ready for Monday. That's crazy to me. That's not crazy. That's normal. okay. Hey, he's got my week to rest. Yeah, he's got plenty of time. Whatever, man. Chill out today. I Chill out tomorrow. Heard, get some rest. Take advantage. I've heard you whine enough about your running injuries to say. And that what I, I do, I keep running through. Go it. away. I'm just go saying. Go away from me. Oh, I need bandage. Seriously, <laughs> we're not going back there. No. All right. We are not going well, back there. Needless to say, based on what they said, it's nothing major. It's right. a minor, minor thing, but it's kind of common for these guys to get. Now, Jeff, Jeff Swain. He sprained his MCL against the Redskins. And any updates on how major this one is? No real concrete update. uh, He was getting an MRI yesterday. Jason Garrett's hopeful that it's a sooner rather than later type of deal, but he wasn't willing to speak concretely about it. Um, Hopeful for some more information later in the week. I mean, sprain MCLs always seem to be two to four. That's what it always seems to be. I mean, every injury is different. I get it. it can that, be. That's what Malik Collins had, and he missed. He got he got hurt in week two, and he wasn't back until the Jags game. Yeah. So, but you know, that being said, one week would be the, you know to the bye weekend. Two weeks is is which and the Titans in a Monday night game. Zach Martin. I don't know. I mean, I, you'd probably call it a sprain as well. Sprained his knee, but. I'd be shocked if he's not ready for the Titans game. That's true. So. That's true. No, I but did no come two, back into the game. But. No two injuries are the same, and no two players are the same. Yeah. So, right. but since you got 17 tight ends on this team, you can <laughs> do whatever. You can bring Noah Brown back, and be, he can be tight end. But that does int- bring up an interesting point, though, about the tight ends. It, it's been, I mean, I think this season we've seen that Jeff Swaim has been the predominant guy mm-hmm. at tight end. He's yeah. played more than anybody else. That does open up a really interesting question of who's going to take over that role will they be just splitting that role and now you're going to have a different tight end in tight end in there every play like or how does this all work both (laughs) terrifying (laughs) both i I mean no that's and that's not i mean jeff jeff's a good player I don't think you're like, oh my God, it's losing. It's not like losing Jason Witten, but it still is. That's the he consistent guy the only, and the best of what they have. He is the only one of the four that I trust to handle blocking That's and it. route running assignments right. and catch the ball when it is thrown to him. He's the only one I mean, that I remotely trust. Think about how many snaps he has yeah. and how many targets he has this year. I mean, that means he's doing what? He's blocking and. If he's probably the best of that, he's actually pretty yeah. good at it. He's pretty it. good. Yeah. He's he not Martellus Bennett, but he's not bad at all. And that's actually one of the interesting things I think. When because I, if memory serves me correctly, when he first got here. I don't think he was that good of a blocker. Uh, and it seems like that's a part of his game that he's developed and worked on and gotten really good Jason at. Jason Witten wasn't a good blocker. No, he wasn't. I mean, he was a get in the way but guy. You, but, but if you, you can learned. be a tight end that can get in the way. Oh, yeah. he told it's me that. Good. That's one of the things that he's the most proud of yeah. his blocking game. Jeff. And yeah, Jeff. He. I. W- I asked him mm-hmm. when he got his first touchdown. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. When he got his first touchdown, I asked him, I'm like, hey, how does that feel? Like, okay, do you like better now being able to catch the ball and make plays or do you prefer blocking? And he's like, oh, I I prefer blocking. I That's what I love doing and that's what he's the most proud of doing. So yeah. 
So, so that's going to be that that's going to be a big no. That would be a big loss. It I is think, a for the Cowboys. huge. Yeah. It is a huge problem if he's Who, out for any extended period of time. I mean, this is one of those situations where the depth chart order might be a certain way now because of, you know Swaim's up there, and then you fill in in the other guys. But because of what he does predominantly, and what that position does, you might see some changes. And in what way? I, I mean. Think about who might start. I think Rico probably will start now. Yeah, I was. I was. He I was might be you your were best blocker. No, it's not going to be Schultz. I mean, Schultz. I'm sorry. Um, and I don't know if Jarwin's really that that great of a blocker either. I think Rico might be your best blocker there. But don't don't forget too. You've got some Darian. Oh, I can't believe I almost went there. Darian Weems. I almost went there. <laughs> Who's 75? Fleming. Fleming. <laughs> Darian Weems. Darian Weems. Weems. You yeah. Went, you went you back didn't even, a little way. You're not even thinking about Byron Bell. You went back, like, <laughs> way back in the... Wrong Darian Weems. Okay. Oh, man. Yeah. I Yeah, that's a good point. You could use... Bob. No, uh, he really uh, isn't that old. Darian no, Weems. You. No, Darian Weems isn't that old. He's been... <laughs> You could use Cam Fleming as a as a Damn, you know bad. a tackle tight end, although obviously he doesn't give you anything as a pass catching threat. But that's <laughs> if Jeff Swaim if Jeff Swaim is out for a serious period of time, I think you either need to think about finding another tight end, or which I don't believe this will happen, or adjusting the way you play and using fewer tight ends. <laughs> no, I know. Yeah, I don't expect that to happen either. No. So, well, like, you also, but you don't have Tavon right now, so that may affect their ability to want to do that. Because when you wanted to do that, you had Tavon in the mix, right? Yeah. I, I, that's which is why this is so curious, and why I'll be interested. Uh, you know, maybe something will come out today, but also Jason Garrett talks again tomorrow, and I'm sure he will be asked about that because. I don't like the idea of trying to play games without him. The way that this team likes to play. When is uh, do we know anything about Noah Brown and when he could possibly be back? He can he can practice. Uh, actually, saw him this morning doing routes on air, just you know, with a uh, um, strength coach. Nothing official or serious looking, but running routes. Uh, they could start his clock and bring him back to practice today if they wanted to, and he can play starting week nine. So. He could play against the Titans if they wanted to do that. But I, the reason why I say that is because he is he, the reason why he has been here. I think for so long is because they think he is a value to them as a blocker, that, yeah. and they they do motion him a lot into situations where they want him to block yep. in line a little bit more. So Which, you know, maybe that's some way to offset that a little bit. Well, also you got to you know it's, there's more evaluations going on than just him because you've got guys on injury reserve. Two of these players can come back this year. Uh, he would be one of them, right. and then whoever else you want. Travis Frederick was another guy that could be. I don't think anyone believes Travis Frederick is going to come back and play this year. I don't. I don't. Anyone that walks that can see him walking around would think that. Yeah, I, I, Terrence yeah. Williams, I don't yeah, believe is coming back again, ever. <laughs> and uh, anybody ever? else on IR? Tavon's uh, not on IR. No, Tavon's. It's Travis, so, Terrence. So uh, Noah. You know, um, oh, Dayton Jones. Dayton Jones, also somebody I completely forgot about um, so much that I can't even remember his freaking name. Um, the guard. The guard who hurt his toe Marcus in the preseason. Martin? There you go. Oh, yeah, the guard. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I forgot He's, all about him as well. Yeah, no, I you know, completely forgot. I wonder how much they could have used him this year. Mm, we'll never know. Those mm. the fun what-ifs of a football no, season. Not much. He, he had work to do. I mean, yeah. you know, he, he came in looking like a guard and a tackle so he 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 needed to well when we just talking yesterday about yeah. having that bigger body That's although true. maybe that helps a little bit it is it's a name yeah. to remember for next year when you're talking about problems on this offensive line though just yeah. saying yeah. yeah so 
not to i mean that's february talk or march talk but we got to talk about something not talking about a first round pick it's true plenty of time um and then the last guy i almost forgot to mention is the cornerback cj goodwin who is expected to have surgery after an arm fracture another great point having surgery on his broken forearm i think he had it yesterday and Literally, like this was the conversation. Was like, so he'll he'll go on IR, and Jason Garrett was like, yeah, not necessarily. We'll see, we'll see what his timetable is, and see if it's realistic to keep him. I'm just like, are you insane? Broke your forearm, like just snapped it in two, and they're like, eh, just wrap it those up. Those things could heal. He's third yeah, on the team in special teams tackles already. Yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah. And I'm, Barry Church I mean, did that two or three years ago. I mean, like, like maybe his bones. I don't know. Maybe his bones can heal in four but, or five weeks. But Who knows? What he's know. doing is yeah. running down on punts and making yeah. plays. Can he play with the cast? Well, that's the thing. Yeah. I mean, it, it's his. It's not his foot. It's his. Right. Okay, okay. but you need your arm. To tackle? Not necessarily. If you got a cast on it, you could still, especially if it's the kind of cast that doesn't encumber his hands. Well, then he still y- could. You're, you're right. Run down and make a tackle. You're right, but also the main thing there is to run down there, get in the guy's face, and make him call a fair catch. That's the main yeah. thing that he, you know. So especially in today's game. Yeah. yeah. All right. Exactly. Okay. Talking about meta humans here, they're not. <laughs> they they're are. Humans. No, they're they not meta. Are. No, okay. they're meta humans. They're different. They're, they're a different, different species different. than the rest of us. Believe that. Okay. Um, or if they need band aids. <laughs> probably not. I'm thinking they just laugh that off. Let's, like, eh, don't let's take our first break, and when we come back, we're gonna get into the game, the details of the game, play calling, and all that, and I'll throw the debate over to that side. <laughs> While a player could look good on paper, it's when he's out on the field that you really find out what he's made of. That's why the Cowboys rely on more than just stats and scouting reports when building their team. When picking a tractor, it's why you should rely on more than just specs and features. You've got to take it out and put it to the test. The Cowboys did when they named John Deere their official tractor. Experience one for yourself. Visit myjohndeeredealer.com slash football. It's time for tailgate with the Otterbox boys. Otterbox? The makers of those crazy protective phone cases? The one and only. They're also wild about protecting parking lot parties from sad drinks. It's why they made Elevation Tumblers. Rumor around the crockpot is they're made from stainless steel with a copper lining to keep temps hot or cold. True. They even come in seven different sizes, up to 64 ounce, the growler. Hmm. I like how Otterbox drinks. I mean, thanks. And that's been tailgating with the Otterbox boys. Check out all the colors and sizes of their Elevation Tumblers at otterbox.com. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Playmaker, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The Playmaker includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm and a Cowboys can cooler. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word COWBOYS. The Jack Black Playmaker, 10 bucks, free shipping. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel, Will McClay, and, of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broadus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. 
A man's Stetson doesn't just protect him from life's elements. It projects an unstoppable and legendary spirit, just like the men wearing silver and navy on the field every Sunday. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. They are still the official crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find Stetson hats in the pro shop or at stetson.com today. Back to the break. We are back on the final segment of today's show. Now I'm going to light up this match and throw it over there and walk away. It's so fine. there's it's a discussion. It's not going to be that. You're, over, you, you're overhyping no, it. It's Wednesday. It's One, the game ended okay. four days Dave, ago. Dave, stop it. I'm going right. to get you hyped <laughs> up right now. All right. And you better bring it All right. if you want to win this argument. All right. One you of you saying that the play calling was good. Another one was saying that the play calling wasn't good. Or... That it should have been a little different than okay. the decisions let, they made. Let me so start it. Get I, it started. I don't even think that, that that statement is that accurate, but I'll just... Essentially, that is essentially, what you but, guys said. But essentially. Because yes. I'm not trying to be hypocritical here. Derek knows this. The ball was at the 37-yard line. At one point, he asked me, how many more yards do you need? And I said 37. 37. I, I, need, I want them to score. Maybe that was personal preference. I don't want to go to overtime again. Let's do this. Let's, let's get it done. Um, but... I do think just when you, when Jason's getting killed about managing the game, I think when you, four minutes to go, you're down by ten, and and to think, you know what, you're gonna have a 46 yard field goal to to tie this game. Everyone would have taken it. I thought they managed it well to get to that point, 46 yards, 47 yards, and then of course we saw what happened. The the snapper got a, a penalty called on him, and the kicker missed the kick. So, but I thought to that point, I thought Jason Garrett did a good job of getting him there. Could it have been better? Yeah, it could have been better. But I mean, I, that's that's my take. And, I I and you you made a really good point, and I'll own it. Like we were on the sideline at the end of that game, and I you know I'm like, well, what do you stand to lose by going for the onside kick? Like you gotta get, you have to hold him to a three and out, and they did, but you didn't know that at the time. So you're like, onside kick. If you don't get it, you can still get the ball back, even if you're pinned. You still have a chance. Uh, they didn't do that. They played it great. Sean Lee forced Alex Smith out of bounds. So I agree with you in the sense that trailing by 10 with four minutes to play, they did a really good job to put themselves in position to extend the game. But <laughs> 52 seconds to play and a timeout on the opponent's 46-yard line. Uh, you've been outplayed basically all day. and You have a chance to, in the best-case scenario, steal a win from the opponent or in the worst case scenario, kick a field goal. I just I I don't believe they tried hard enough to put themselves in a position to succeed. Even if it's only a field goal, uh, this was the sequence. It's first and ten from the forty-six. They throw a nine-yard pass to Beasley along the far sideline. He goes out of bounds. Um, and do I have that right? Well, it says short. Pass short right to Beasley for nine oh, yards. here we go. No, no, I'm, I'm sorry. No, the long pass to Beasley along the sideline set them up on the 46. Yes. Then they throw short to Beasley along the right side, which to... He doesn't get out of bounds. He does not get out of bounds. And to to your to the credit of people that defend this, like, if if it's a better thrown ball, Beasley probably keeps running and, and it's a different story. But I just, I didn't like the way they carried themselves. He goes down after nine yards. They jogged to the line. I mean, they threw that, you know, the play, the play started with 52 seconds left. They snapped the next ball with 28. Mm-hmm. It's another pass over the middle, which don't like that. And they kind of jog to the line. And then there's a review. And then there's 12 seconds left. And, like, honestly, at that point, 
then you've made your bed. So that's not – I'm not the guy sitting here saying – with 12 seconds to play, you should have been taking shots at the end zone. No. With 52 seconds to play, I mean, how many times have we seen Jason Witten run the five-yard out to move yourself closer, you know, like in that situation? Like, where are the short, quick passes to get out of bounds? And that's – Tony Romo was saying it. Obviously, we couldn't hear it at the time. But Tony Romo's like, I'm running short stuff. I'm running slants. I'm keeping my timeout alive. I'm trying to move into field goal range. And then I want to take – I want to attack the end zone at least a couple of times. Perfectly said, Tony. Well done. Um, and they didn't do that. Like, they got literally to the edge of what is considered makeable field goal range, and we're like, that's good for us. Let me ask you this question. Let's assume for a second the Cowboys went the route that you did, and they got to a point where they were able to attack and actually throw to the end zone. Do you think there was any concern by the coach, or should have been concerned by the coach, that if you get into that scenario, you don't know that you want to do it? He'd already been sacked four times that day. Um, and the likelihood that he gets sacked in a situation like that, in my mind, there was a relatively high probability that that could happen, and it then pushes you out of field goal range. Or you get all, or maybe gets a turnover. Are you at all concerned or, about that? Or the fact that Connor Williams couldn't block anyone that day. Lyle Collins was having all kinds right. of problems. Tyron Smith, they were getting called for holding as well. And if they're, they're going to sit there and call a holding, a, a snap infraction at that point in juncture in the game, then they'll definitely call a holding as well. So I think that's, that has to play a factor in too. Like you're already there. Now you're getting greedy. We could be back and lose this whole thing. I have two thoughts to that. One, Jason Garrett himself said yesterday that as bad as they were overall, he thought that the final two scoring or the, the final two drives, the scoring drive, the Dak run, rushing touchdown, and then the missed field goal, says the cleanest the line played all day. So they were playing well, according to the head coach. In those coach. two drives. In those two drives, yeah. they were playing well. On top of that, uh, Fabian Moreau, who's your number two cornerback because Quentin Dunbar didn't play, gets hurt on the 18-whatever-yard uh, completion to Beasley, the, the third down right there. Uh, so you've got reserves playing corner. And so your, o, your O-line's playing well. Washington's secondary is depleted. This, Go for it. It's pro football. Like, yeah. I mean, you got yeah, there's a risk. you got to take some risks if you want to win. And I just and like I said, I mean, maybe, maybe asking them to go score a touchdown is a tall order, but with 52 seconds and a timeout, I like to think you could at least get down near the red zone and at the very least give Brett Maher an easy kick instead of a very difficult one. I think that's the part I agree with you most on. I don't know that I ever would have, seeing how this game played, I know what he said about those last two drives, but I know I was thinking as they were driving, don't take a sack, don't take a sack, because they had been in his grill all day. And so my thought was... They could have probably managed the clock better, and maybe that gets them an extra play or two. And if they use it on short passes, um, that could just kind of move them a little closer. Now, even if you get the same exact penalty you got, you still are within range for Brett Maher to be able to make that kick. And, you know, I think without the penalty, I think that kick goes in. You know, just a little bit back further and him pulling it just a slight bit to where it hit the upright I don't think that happens if he's got four more, five more yards. So if they would have just done enough to get that five more yards, you probably have a different outcome. So I agree with you from that standpoint. Well, and it's it's a it's a systematic thing with football coaches, and and I'm, this isn't this isn't Jason Garrett specific, but I I really truly believe like most football coaches in their heart of hearts are going to make the decision that's easier to defend than the than necessarily the right decision yeah i do i honestly don't think i they really care do i think about they, what I think the they, public perception is i really don't it's not about public. You know? i don't i don't think most coaches do i it's i it, not so much public perception but like people get fired over this stuff and so i feel like when it at the end of the day 
they want to be like, well, what else, What do you want me to do? Like, I did the smart thing instead of the bold thing. So how basically. many ta- How do we account for how many times over the last two or three weeks in the NFL have we seen coaches do unconventional things? I and a lot of them have backfired on them, and, and it ended up being the I call think, that, that didn't win the game for I them. think it's changing, and I don't think it's a coincidence that a lot of those types of decisions well, are younger, newer head coaches and, making them, like and, Doug Peterson and Mike Vrabel. And okay. a lot of this has to do, in my opinion, with the overtime rules that I think have got to be changed. I, I hate them. You, yeah. You've got to get this thing figured out in some some way in overtime. Uh, I don't care about the TV. I know they do, uh, TV and, and the time and all that stuff. But but I think it's affecting things. I mean, it, it's like, you know what? I, I got a better shot to go win this game at the two-point conversion than, than uh, to go to play overtime. We're and seeing that a little bit more. That's another point, too, which is like, you know, you're like, well, they haven't been playing well all day. Like, just just get to overtime. Well, let's play out overtime. Like, worst case scenario, Washington gets the ball, drives down the field. Okay, if they score a touchdown, game's over. So let's say they kick a field goal. They kick off back to you, and you start at your 25. And now you've got to go at least 50 yards to get into makeable field goal range, if not the whole 75 yards to win the and game. You don't know how much time you got on the clock. Exactly. You could get the ball back with. Two minutes for um, or whatever. So even if you get to overtime, your offense, unless something crazy happens like a pick six, your offense has to put together a 50, 60, 70 yard drive. Instead, you're already on the 46. Why not just try to end the thing right there? Like, and again, I know it's a lot easier said than done, but they didn't even really try. Right, and like, that's they did the issue. Your issue is that they didn't try. They didn't try at all. And, and the, the, I don't think, honestly, I don't think the results would have been different. Probably, I not. do think that the results could have probably turned out to them having a few more yards, and maybe that gets you to overtime. But I don't, I don't know. I don't think that they necessarily get in the end zone. It, it, no, mm-hmm. and I, they weren't I, trying to. The way that even this, if they were trying, I don't know that they necessarily get in the end zone. No doubt about it. There's no. I can't sit here and say they definitely would have scored. This offense doesn't deserve that benefit of the doubt. But when Cole Beasley catches the ball for nine yards at the Washington 37 with 32 seconds to play, and there's like no urgency whatsoever, I'm just like, what's going on here? Why are y'all? Why is this good enough for y'all? What would you have liked to see them do in that situation? Are you wanting them to run up, clock the ball, that stops the clock? Because I, I assume you're still believing that they need to save that timeout, right? If let's okay, they completed to Beasley for nine yards. I probably run like a quick sneak or a quick run. Or no, I'm sorry. Spike the ball. Quick. So then it's third and one. Quick play. Slant route, something or something to the outside, and then see where we're at. At that point, they were at oh, spiking the, the ball stuff on third. And it one. is because that's what I was going to say. At that point, they would have been. Well, it wouldn't have been third and one. It would have, you would have spiked it to get to third and one. Right, right and then it would right. have been third and one at the Washington thirty-one. So you're already in field goal range. You would assume, right? You're assuming yeah. at that point, as long as you don't take a sack at that point. Six, I believe. Thirty, yes, thirty-seven. You're right. You're right. Yeah, I mean, you said something though about you know, five more yards would have you know would have been a difference there, and they could have gotten five more yards, but they they did that though. They they were already there. They were there for a forty-seven yard field goal. Right. My point is, if you had one more play, and let's say you could pick up five more yards, then even with the penalty, yeah. you still are at you know you're still kicking a field goal that's under fifty. And with those extra yards, I think pulling it means it probably even if it hits upright, oh, yeah. it scant, it scantly hits it and bounces in versus hitting it square yeah. and bouncing back. Right? I mean, or uh, uh, you know, 
the um, on the la- on the drive before that, the swing pass to Zeke that inexplicable, like the weirdest play of the entire game, where Zach Zach Dak missed Zeke on a swing route. Yeah, run that again. Yeah, that was weird. Run something toward the sideline again. I know he's not on the team, but somebody else can run Jason Witten's route that he was so good at. You run three yards. Easily does it regularly. Break toward the sideline. Yeah. Uh, something that's going to stop the clock. And again, I, I I completely agree. It's a slim bet that they actually score a touchdown, but just the the lack of even trying. Well, and you can even take an argument it. and don't even say that. Just say don't. Just like the Baltimore game five or six years ago, where they, you know they're like, well, B- Bailey for fifty one, like you know he can make it. I mean, you don't have to settle for a tough kick. You can right. try to make it a, a, a extra point type field goal. And right. It, it, it's a tough balance. I just think overall, I don't think game management there was 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 poor. They had a chance to tie the game and. Weird things happened and they missed, but I mean, I, I don't disagree a hundred percent. You could have done a little bit more, but I can see with the way that line was playing. Which, when that goes, okay, forget what I, you know, if you disagree with me, forget what I said about coaching. Coaches making safe decisions, but I can see in Jason Garrett's mind, you are in Brett Maher's makeable range, right? And if you keep throwing the ball and something terrible happens, then you get killed for yeah for being greedy when you're already in his range, but. It's a windy day outdoors in the fall. I I would at least try to get him That's closer the thing. Every, than 47 Every time yards. you start relying on who you think would get the job done for you, that's when it bites you in the butt. But isn't that also the definition of what it is to be versus a conservative coach versus yes. a more aggressive coach? And yes. he keeps maintaining he's an aggressive coach, but what we've seen this year suggests that that's not necessarily the case. In this instance, the instance of going forward on fourth down, those are more but, he's shown more of an example of being uh, of being a conservative minded coach right. than a, than an aggressive minded coach. I don't coach. know. I think he's 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 be he's showing that he's a coach that's actually seeing what's happening and and going, "Okay, I'm going to play off the percentages here." Houston, right. That's what conservative we get, is. We didn't get one inch on third and one. So now on fourth and one, we're going to get it. Our defense is playing well. I have a good punter. I can stop him. I'm not disagreeing. So I'm, I'm, I'm saying but that's the definition of conservative. Conservative right. means I'm going to calculate right. everything and I'm going to make a calculated decision. That's Aggressive means playing. I listen to all that but I'm going to go with my gut and say, I'm just going to go right. for it because I think that's what that's we need to why, do in order to get a win. That's why, to me, playing to win the game and playing to not lose the game is the exact same. That's why I believe that for that very reason right there is that it's it's all the same. Either way, the, the result is exactly the same. Whether you're aggressive to get there or you're calculated, it's the same. That's I, we can argue this all well, day. We've, yeah. We every time a game ends this way, Nick and I fight about this because and it's it's fine. I see his point, but. I think that's yeah. Read the situation, and I just think being aggressive, more aggressive there, gives you your best chance to win. And that's at the end of the day, Jason Garrett still has to make those decisions, so he gets credit for them. But I believe most of his aggressive decisions have been painfully obvious. But it's not like he's, it's not like they're truly that aggressive. It's like, well, yeah, it's fourth and half an inch, of course. You know? But that kind of goes back to my point too, real quick. When you guys talk about coaches caring what the what what they're going to get killed for. If that were the case, I think he would have been more aggressive because what is he getting killed for right now? Being too conservative. Mm-hmm. He decided I'm going to still go with the percentages. The percentages say we get into this range. We're going to be a little more uh, thoughtful about what we're going to do, and we're going to put our kicker out there and try to make that field goal. I don't think he really cared about what people thought because that did, that's not what played out. You know. Well, the percentages also said that you, you know you keep you keep going back there to pass, you're going to get another sack. Yeah. So, you know, and that, that would have hurt everything as well. So, I, I don't know. I, I just think he, he kind of played the situation. He had it there. 
you know, if you if you think, you know, uh, you know what, I need five more yards because they might call a penalty that we have never seen in the last 31 years. <laughs> so if they do that, then we're going to be screwed. Yeah. If they win this game, I wonder if I wonder if people would have said the same thing about never. about how it all played out. I know, Dave, you were on the sideline saying, "What are we? What are they doing? Why are they not having more? Why are they not more urgent?" But I get that. If, if but Maher, I wonder how many people would be saying that if they no, would have made because that if Maher misses against Detroit. Then they didn't get close enough there. Then they shouldn't have taken that one play where he just rolled off to the side to get to the middle. They should have done something to get seven more yards so he didn't hook the ball against Detroit. And that's you, you don't think like that. Coaches never never really get, hey, good job, good managing the game. It's always when they lose, and that's the nature of the business. That comes with the dinner, as Jason would say. And yeah, I mean, you're, I, I pat myself on the back because it's not hindsight. Right. I was questioning these decisions as they were happening. Right. But if they had found a way to win the game, I, I wouldn't be harping How do you on argue it. that? I, yeah. I would be right. like, well, I would have done it, it differently, but it worked yeah. out. So right. we'll move on to the next subject. All, All right. right. Well, this was a great debate and a good conversation. Uh, thank you, everyone, for your opinions. But we do have to end the show. We have to head to the locker room and listen to what these players have to say about all this mess. So <laughs> let's figure that out. For Derek Eagleton, Nick Eman, David Hellman, Amber Garcia, this has been the Cowboys Break on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?